Gridiron Show in association with Touchdown Trips, getting you, yes, you in the game. In the game. Uh, coming up on tonight's show, it will be our NFC West season preview. We'll hear from Nico Thorpe, cornerback of the Seattle Seahawks. Plus, we'll review the first episode of Hard Knocks and talk about the latest news. All coming up on the Gridiron Show. Show in association with Touchdown Trips, getting you yes you in the game. Hey, buddy, how's it going? Yeah, man, I'm good. Good I'm to good. hear. I, I've missed you in a Aww. in an, an NFL capacity. Uh, <laughs> you've not missed me in any other capacity, but NFL wise, uh, you've just not had enough of me in your life. I don't know. I think I see enough of you, don't I? Probably. Yeah, yeah probably. Um, there's a new exciting Gridiron website, by the way. Way at gridiron magazine.com. Is there? That's well worth going and uh, checking out, I'm, where I'm... you'll be able to get our podcasts, obviously. Uh, so, yeah, I just thought I'd drop that in nice and early to keep uh, keep the crowds happy. I'll also be getting Madden tonight. By the time we do our next show. We'll have played some Madden as well, and we'll give you a bit of a review of the of the new game. But did you see that they've got Wembley Stadium on the new one? No. Pretty cool. Have they you, got the new Spurs Stadium? They, I don't think they have yet. It'll be an update, won't it? Yeah, blatantly some DLC later in the season. Some Great what? shout, Ollie. Downloadable content. Oh, right, yeah. God. There is a new website... Why have I only just found this out? It only launched this morning, and it was a soft launch while they still figured out. Oh, so, so not the soft everything's on there yet. Obviously, don't tell Ollie by email or anything. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Is that the soft launch? <laughs> so I don't get told about it, but you do. I know. Is, is that it? I got a message from Josh because I messaged Josh to ask him about something else, and he messaged me. I said, "Oh, by the way, when's the new website?" And he went, "Technically today, but we're not telling anyone about it yet." So maybe I'm not meant to be telling people about it yet, but I have. And I don't care. It's all right. They all probably knew before me anyway. Oh, buddy. Yeah, well. Life is hard being Ollie. Uh, yeah, so have you had a good couple of weeks without me? Um, <laughs> yeah, I have. I went to... How's the tyre? Oh, my God. Did you see that? I got... Uh, I was driving into work, I think it was yesterday or the day before yesterday, when we were meant to do a podcast yeah if people want to know we've we've had some setbacks this week between this tyre story Ollie's going to tell and we were meant to be interviewing Joey Bosa the other day literally I was ready I was sat by uh, by my Skype ready to record it get an email from the Chargers guy saying uh, sorry we're going to have to push this to next week really apologise about 20 minutes I'm like oh gutted but you know these things happen about 20 minutes later Adam Schefter tweets Joey Bosa limps off from Chargers practice with a foot injury so things were conspiring against us but We've yeah. got a great show for you today. So you know, you know the the things that you build IKEA furniture with, and you usually put it through a hole, and then there's another hole where you put in a little thing, and then you turn it, and it all tightens it up. I had one of those fully inside my tire, That's fully ridiculous. inside. I don't know how it got in there. Really, really annoying. And um, I have a tiny car which can't fit a spare wheel in the boot so I have one of those foam things which you meant to shake it up shake the can up and then you you put it inside the tyre and it worked enough so that I could get somewhere and keep the car safe but oh, what a ball ache un uh, yeah having to do the tyre I went up north I went to York you would love York oh you're such a big York fan oh no honestly York is a great city okay I'll believe I think you. We I should, believe it when I see it. I think we should do some sort of trip to York. My parents have a house there. It would be great. 
that sounds like the perfect place to podcast from yes sounds glorious and you'll do anything if it's in york i've, I've learned that I, about you. I will actually do anything in york now uh, uh, how are you what have you been up to I, you know i've been fine i've been busy been working did the breakfast show the other day that was pretty cool for yeah, a couple yeah, of hours. yeah yeah great you sounded really good actually that's that was the fun. same night and then after the morning of the of Tiregate. Yeah, it was. So it was the same night. When your life was, was was on the upswing. On the upswing, mine was taking a very low turn. We're going to get. Um, we aren't going back up to two podcasts a week. It's now as of next week. But uh, next week, I'm going to Japan for a week, so we're going to have to record too early in the week and and figure out a release Wait, schedule. And let's let we can do it. You just, I could even do some whilst you're away, but with who? Matt Sherry? No, 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 no. Never, never the mouth breather. <laughs> but I'm the They've Van... got a new, by the way, new college podcast coming out soon. Keep an eye out for it. Uh, with what? Clancy and Matt Sherry uh, another, doing a another weekly email. I miss a weekly college podcast. We've literally been talking about it for like the last four months, Ollie, on the shared WhatsApp group that you are part of because it's called Pod. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you read your messages, you'd know. But you wake up, and you're like, oh, there's 10 messages, I can't be bothered. And then you never find out about things, and then you bitch about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. That, that's exactly what happens. <laughs> You've just described to a T what happens. No, I'm, I think I, I may still be in Paolo Bandini's uh, fantasy league. So he'll owe me. So we'll get Paolo to do one. Oh, I've really got to sort out fantasy leagues. There's at least one that I'm commissioner of where I haven't set a draft date or time yet. So I've really got to get on that. And I've got to sort out the the, the dynasty ones. And I've left a bunch this year just because I was just in too many. But I think we should probably start a, a proper talk sport one again. So, ugh. I mean... So much of a hassle. Do you mean a talk sport one of people that like NFL? Yeah. I Rather mean, than getting listeners to... to yeah, like an in-house involved. one. An yeah, in-house yeah, okay, one. Okay, yeah, 100%. Right. 100%. Well, yep. Maybe we'll invite Nat Coombs. We'll see how we feel about it. After our complete diss on the Around the NFL podcast. That was a disgrace, wasn't it? It <laughs> wasn't even a diss. They just... Greg Rosenthal decided not to mention us. Forgetting the only reason he does Nat Coombs' show is because we went for beers with him when he was in London. Me, you, Paolo and Matt Sherry had a night out with him, took him to meet fans, which he didn't want to do, but we kind of pushed him into it. Had a great night out, and then he just didn't even mention us. And then when I called him out on it on TalkSport when we had him on, uh, he tried to justify it as if, like, well, Nat's the one who gets me on the most. I'm like, this is a disgrace. It's an absolute shock. That is a disgrace. So uh, I've had words, but they're coming over next month. I did break a bit of news before time because Greg broke it on our TalkSport show about them doing a show outside of London, which Greg told me was definitely happening. And then NFL UK DM'd me the next morning going, that's actually not confirmed yet. So we don't mind you putting it up, but maybe just say it's not confirmed yet. Oh, Willie, that's not like you to break something that you shouldn't have. Uh, uh, What does that mean? It wasn't a chair. I mean embargoed news oh yeah let's not talk about it <laughs> uh, let's not talk about it <laughs> that's very funny now um pre-season football returns today that's, that's a story by the way that you can hear if you come on our pacific coast gridiron touchdown trips tour i had a really nice way of feeding into that later i'm gonna well, I'm, well, 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 let's I'm gonna do, get to it let's do it both okay touchdowntrips.com there is still there are still a few places on the pacific touchdown trip and one thing you'll get to do while you're there we're going to be going to 49ers giants on the monday night do we were you working the night where we were talking about our tour on talk sport on air 
and out of nowhere a 49ers fan who was listening in San Francisco yeah, was, yeah. got in touch and was like you should come to our tailgate it's all booked we're going to their oh, tailgate now they've done a discounted rate for us paying 20 bucks per person for the food the drinks for the whole lot going to their authentic tailgate and then while we're there we're also going to get to go to the brand new statue outside Levi Stadium. Oh, I've heard about this. The catch. Yeah, I, I honestly, I got genuinely emotional when I saw that they were doing this. And it's going to be Dwight Clark actually catching the ball from Joe Montana. It's going to be placed exactly 23 yards apart yep, with yep. Dwight Clark exactly 11 yards up in the air, 11 feet up in the air. Um, it was... It, I'm really, really, like... I think I might have a little weep when we're there. So. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> you weren't Why gonna, are you finding that funny? Well, you were going to weep anyway. We well, all know that. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen them at the Levi's yet. I've been to a Super Bowl there, but obviously the 49ers aren't in Super Bowls at the moment. But the point is, preseason football starts tonight. And so we're going to do one show tonight which doesn't even reference that at all. We're just going to talk about the NFC West and Hard Knocks. We're going to review that uh, and some of the news from around the NFL, which is mostly around the Browns anyway. But Field Gates pointed out from preseason. 24 NFL teams start with their preseason tonight. Some highlights include Andrew Luck returning to a football field, Baker Mayfield and Saquon Barkley's likely debuts, the return of Deshaun Watson and JJ Watt for the Texans, Michael Crabtree against Aqib Tlaib 3. I'm sorry, it's not a real thing. And I, I just pointed out on Twitter that this is... That's fine, but all of that will happen for maybe two series. And I just don't get the kind of... And I know we've done it from the Gridiron account, so I'm sorry if I'm calling out Gridiron people with this, but I don't get the getting really overexcited about preseason football. People kind of had a go at me when I said this on Twitter, and I said, it's like nine months of being an enforced vegetarian yeah. followed by your first meal of meat back being rancid kebab meat. Being just yeah, like like a donner meat, yeah, Ugh. just just that's gone off, that's been left in the sun for a few hours. I just people, this is so sad. Feed me the rock in whichever way you please. It's another week to closer to Holy Sunday's returning. Big Easy Mafia said to see the second, third string players get some game time and potential stars of the future. Austrian Pack says what I love about preseason, following position battles, all the younger players seeing their development in training camp. That's fine. All of that can happen as well, but the actual games themselves are turgid nonsense as a general rule. Yeah. Yeah, because it's third, fourth, fifth stringers. Maybe, as you say, you get one series of someone decent. that the, the contact isn't full-on because no one wants to get hurt or injured. In, unless you're Jarvis Landry. Yeah, unless you're... You hurt! <laughs> it's bullsh! He swore a lot in that episode. That was great, though. I it did was... love it. Did you love it? Yeah, I, I wasn't so it. sure. <laughs> I wasn't so sure about the Jarvis Landry rant. Oh, I love the Jarvis Landry rant. Felt like it was almost entirely aimed at Corey Coleman, who is not there anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it, what it was all about. I think Corey. Uh, anyway, we will talk about that a bit later. But I think Corey got scared, and that's why he's no longer with the team. <laughs> well, based on the uh, the highlights and preview of next week, it looks like he might get into a bit of a Barney with Hugh Jackson over the fact that he's uh, he's been cut. Oh, cut really? free that's what it looked like in that in that picture Let, let's um let's talk about look, from the news perspective was there anything that caught your eye that wasn't happening with the cleveland browns that you wanted to talk about uh let me let me just quickly scroll down tom brady has again renegotiated his deal so his base salary is only 14 million with a load of incentives on it which kind of helps their cap a bit it's a little bit like what they did with rob gronkowski last year look, it's what they've done with Brady's contract pretty consistently over the last seven to ten years and 
Obviously, it leads to the talk of, what, he's only getting 15 million a year while Jimmy Garoppolo's off getting 20-whatever million at the at the 49ers. That's ridiculous. But it doesn't take into account that he will get every single one of those incentives, plus the roster bonus, plus the everything else. I think Brady's all right with his five rings, with his whole, with his whole hand yeah. of rings. I think he'll be fine. I, I was quite interested by the Kelvin Benjamin stuff. Yeah, calling out Cam Newton, basically saying if I'd been drafted to almost any other team, I would have had a really good first three or four years of my career. Which is great. I mean, you kind of, you can see that he's got a point. And I think Chris Wessling made this point on Around the NFL, that when Cam is hot and he's on a good streak, he's great. But he doesn't have that necessarily that touch pass. His mechanics are all wrong. And Benjamin's saying... You know, if I've got someone like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers that's going to ping me the ball and put it to, into places for me to go and fight for the ball and and come up with it, I would have been a better player. And I don't know how you can necessarily disagree with that. I, I'm I'm with you. I the thing is, I'm with you, but there was no need to call it out in the way it was called out. And then apparently, there's been a face to face meeting a face-off between cam and kelvin since just felt unnecessary felt like one of those pre-season storylines that just didn't need to exist but i did quite enjoy i do like a bit of beef at this time of year it keeps us all going till we wait for real football to be back i mean in yeah, like you're four right. weeks time you are right uh it's in fact it's a month from today when uh, real football on sundays is back to the day as it's, we're recording and it's a week to the day that the first game is going on no four weeks to today four weeks to yeah day. yeah Oh man! Literally in an hour's time, we should tweet something about that. Four weeks till actual football returns. About an hour and twenty-five minutes, hour yeah, and thirty we minutes. Do that. We should do that. Should we talk about the Brown stuff then? Yeah, let's talk about it. Right. So in the last week, we had Corey Coleman, Coleman traded, which means that every single Browns first-round pick from 2012 through 2016, which was eight picks in five years, thanks to the trades they'd done, were had left the team within two to three years of of being drafted there and Coleman from what we understand particularly when they had the likes of Jarvis Landry come into town there was that knock against him coming into the league that he came from an offense that didn't run particularly a a a proper NFL route tree and how long would he take to learn it well apparently he still hasn't after two years and you combine that with the fact that apparently his attitude stinks behind closed doors which we got a little bit of from the uh, first episode and I think we're gonna get a lot more of from the second episode of Hard Knocks I, I don't. I, all the people going, oh, just another example of the Browns doing the wrong thing. For me, it's John Dorsey cutting some of that. They want to get past all the negativity of one and thirty-one yeah. over the last two seasons. Yeah. Get them out of the building. I don't care if there was talent there. I don't care if you spent big on them. Get them out of the building. Reset. Move on with good people. And the problem is, is that I'm like, and they had other people to be excited about. We could finally see if Jeff, Jeff Janis can do something off special yes, teams. go on, Jeff Janis. Josh Gordon will eventually be back in the fold. Jarvis Landry looked really good on the first episode of uh, of Hard Knocks. Antonio Callaway. Oh. oh. Apparently he plans to contest his marijuana charge. Uh, he, he, he was uh, charged, charged with speeding and caught with a small amount of marijuana in his car. Yeah, it was the oh, driver's side. It was a suspended license, apparently. Yeah, suspended license. I thought it was and a, a small amount of marijuana in the driver's side. Now, he says, and the car has been um, shipped over from, or airlifted, or however it got from uh, from Florida. He said that some of his friends in Florida were using the car back in Florida, and they must have left the marijuana. Now, it was only traces. It's a very small offence, but given... 
given he's on a very short shrift with the NFL because of the stuff that went on in college, um, the NFL won't look at this kindly. I hope he gets off and, and given another chance, and you know, hopefully, it isn't anything necessarily to do with him taking drugs or, or you know smoking marijuana it all gets me excited for next week's hard knocks though because we're going to get more of this going on and on and on and i think this hard knocks could be one of the most exciting and dramatic in recent years um and plus we get john dorsey's amazing voice so all of that comes <laughs> yeah. together um then you've got the uh the josh gordon situation I, I, I get the impression that he will be back and could have probably been back for the start of camp but i think it was the right thing if he didn't feel he was fully ready to go then then why not i did like the fact that john dorsey told reporters on thursday that um des bryant has refused to return his phone calls this is weird what's des bryant doing what is des bryant doing des what are you doing mate what's going on do you want to play football who does he, he want to claims play football he, has, he, he tweeted this. I'm going to play just whenever I get ready. I'm not on anybody's time. I, I'm still getting myself ready. If you disagree, go to hell. The problem is, is that maybe he's doing that veteran thing if he wants to skip the first few weeks of mini camp and the first few weeks of training camp because oh, yeah. they're hard work and he feels like he's above it. But Or he wants to see if someone gets injured and then he can almost take his pick. That could be. That could be a direction he's going in. I'm not saying Cleveland are going to be a contender this year, but they're probably going to give Des Bryant the best possible contract he's going to get anywhere. I just think if you want to play football, get out there and play. Come on. Stop faffing. Get on with it. Get on with it. Stop messing about. Yeah. Uh, shall, we, um, shall we talk about Hard Knocks then? I, yeah, I really liked it. It took Ollie exactly 14 minutes <laughs> to get drawn into the fact that he thinks the Browns are going to be a good team this year. I, yeah. I, I, I fully believe it was a... It was Hugh Jackson's rousing speech about we've got a chance to change the culture here and make history and turn things around, and it fully drew me in. Do you not think he was saying that 12 months ago, though? Do you not think he was saying basically exactly the same thing and then didn't win in a game the entirety of last season? There are reasons to be positive. I think, like, Baker Mayfield, just love him. Just everything about him, from his attitude from moment one, guy's got jokes but does have jokes. respectful jokes which I like a lot um, I, the whole thing about Nick Chubb getting left at the airport and not getting recognised that was brilliant was, that was really funny whilst Baker Mayfield is getting an escort through the airport from the team Chubb is there waiting at the carousel for his bag to turn up and at least three or four people go up that we see go up to him and go so, sorry who are you oh what position do you play which team do you play for <laughs> Are you a football player? Brilliant. Very, very funny. Baker Mayfield had some really good stuff on the psychology of being the backup and all of that. And as always, they showed some flashy plays from the the exciting players in training. But that's all part of the kind of the storytelling. The opener, I thought, was weird. LeBron focused on early on. And then showing Hugh Jackson going into Lake Erie doing the cleanse. That's the kind of thing that prior to the kind of the stuff that happened with Hugh Jackson later in the episode involving his brother and his and his mother passing away. Yeah. I was a little bit like, oh, this is the kind of cheesy thing that makes me worry that it's actually they're, they're actually going to be terrible again. It all it's all like all that Christian Kirksey getting to put Y next to their bed and all that kind of stuff which you're like, oh that's what really draws you in. They're gonna be a great team How using all these things. Do you think that was? It feels pretty contrived. Did Kirksey actually come up with that? I mean, I loved Kirksey. He's an early front runner 
as one of my favourites of the entire series so far. Bit of drumming as well. Yeah, good. a bit of a nice little drummer as well. But I, I don't know. Could did he come up with that, or did the producers? I don't know. I don't know. I, I suspect he came up with it, but I suspect he thought to himself, right, what can I do to put myself out in front of people here? I loved the quarterback RV. That was great. What was the the fourth string quarterback called? Is it Brand? Brandon Rybeck? Ry- 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 yeah. Casey Rybeck? <laughs> not Casey Rybeck. <laughs> Who's not? Casey Rybeck? Casey Rybeck's from Under Siege 1 and 2. Is there a 3? What? Steven Seagal's character? Yeah, 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 yeah. Amazing. Of course he is. I don't, uh, Yeah, but the four-string quarterback going in and being like, I've got to stock the fridge, I've got to fluff... Uh, I've got to fluff Drew Stanton's pillow. Very I've got to, like... The guy from East Michigan. I, did you get the point? Like, what's the, the... Is it just where they hang out when they need a minute off in the day? Or I don't know. Do they sleep in... I don't think they sleep in there. They just kind of have to hang out. They go in and have a little nap before team meetings or something. I didn't really understand Yeah, I didn't get it. Surely they they've got a quarterback it. room as well. Maybe that's their quarterback room. Yeah, I don't know. I also noted this. American chants are dourst. Oh, God. The, uh, the, the fans, the, the inbred fans that they let in <laughs> and then going... Uh, Baker Mayfield. Woo, 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 woo. Baker Mayfield. Get off. Woo, woo, Get woo, out. Woo, woo. Jarvis Landry. Woo, 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 woo. Jarvis uh. Landry. Tyrod Taylor. It's like the Cleveland st- Browns. Do, do. Oh, okay. I don't know why they're singing English accent, but you know what I mean. <laughs> You've turned them immediately into hooligans. Uh, the, yeah, I just. That was all a bit off putting. And then Greg Williams. Now, Ugh. I was like, where do I know this guy from? <laughs> from him constantly being on hard knocks for the last few years that was it I, th- this idea that he turns down seven jobs yeah right to mate. go to the Browns what a turd of a human being oh I can't stand the man I'm so glad he's gone from the Rams I'm so glad they've replaced him with Wade Phillips I'm so dis- I, that's my concern with the Browns is that you saw it from uh, you saw it from him and he's quite backwards thinking and then they've got Todd Haley as offensive coordinator who does nothing to inspire me that they're going to do anything different yeah the offense didn't look great last year I know that was you know the 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 quality of the quarterbacking wasn't there I'm sorry I know he's with your team now but um I just there was nothing about it that got me excited on that side of things I just if the Browns can't stumble to four or five wins this year, it's a shambles. It's an absolute shambles. How worried are you? Do you remember there was that scene of uh, the all the head coaches, or sorry, all the coaches around a table, and then there was um, Hugh Jackson in there, and he said, he basically said, I used to be in your chair, but now I get to see through things through a different lens, but ultimately, how we do things is it's it's my way. So, you know... That he he basically intimated that my way he, or the highway. It's my way or the highway, but he's the, he's the one solely in charge, and he's got this vision. But it, didn't he have this vision for the last two years, and where he's gone one and thirty-one? Yeah. Exactly. So there, there is the worry. It's the worry that Hugh Jackson actually isn't any good. Mm. I mean, we love the guy, and it, I, I do love. It's the so man. sad about uh, his his mother and his brother passing away, pretty much during the show, but. Some people are just great coordinators. And Hugh Jackson was a really good offensive coordinator. Is he coordinator. Steve McLaren? <laughs> he might be Steve McLaren. It's a horrible comparison, but he might be Steve McLaren. He might be. Do you he think could if be he, the Wally with the Brolly. Do you think if he goes up to Canada, he starts speaking in a, a bad Canadian accent? Yeah, exactly. Uh, 
He's going to go to the CFL. Go to the Montreal Alouettes. Yeah. A. By the way, did you hear about uh, Johnny Manziel? (laughs) Yeah, I did. Got traded by, I think it was, oh man, who traded him? But to the Alouettes. And then the first game was against the team that traded him. He threw four picks in the first half and the team lost 51-10 or something. He was traded by the Tiger Cats to, to the, the Alouettes, Alouettes. Yeah, and yeah. then got picked off four times by the Tiger Cats. <laughs> yeah, it's superb. Ugh. You absolute turd. Is John it superb Manziel. or is it horribly embarrassing? Yeah. Horribly. Uh, yeah. Horribly I mean, I think... Yeah, yeah. Dreadful. What a, a dreadful decision. Dreadful human being. Right, should we talk about the uh, the NFC West? Why are we talking about the NFC West? Because that's going to be the, the division we previewed this week. Yeah, weren't there some people that asked us to talk about the NFC West? Oh, I don't remember. If you want to find those tweets, you can. But let's start off by hearing from Seattle Seahawks cornerback Nico Thorpe. Now, he's not a player you'll have heard a huge amount about before in the past, Nico Thorpe. He's, um, he's a player who has bounced around the league in a big way and, uh, you know, turned up there and was very much a special teams player, made some impact on special teams. But now, with all the changes that have happened in uh, in Seattle, could be pushed into a starter role. And there is a question over just how well he's going to perform in that role. Well, it's a question I asked him and about the players leaving and had a general chat with him when he came over to the NFL UK offices ahead of Seattle's game at the new Tottenham Stadium against the Raiders in October. So here's my chat with Seahawks cornerback Nico Thorpe. Delighted to welcome onto the show Nico Thorpe, uh, cornerback out of uh, out of Seattle. How are you doing, sir? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. No, we're delighted that, that you could join us as, as part of your trip out to London. How have you found things so far? Great. Uh, I've been out here before, but uh, this time I got to see a lot more. I've only been here about two, three days now, but I haven't seen a lot. It's great. Anything, any highlights, anything that is really... Uh, the eye, man. I got on the eye, the eye of London, and it's high as it look. You know, <laughs> when you get to the top, it was kind of scary, but it was it was a great experience. And you guys went to see the new stadium today, right? Yes, sir, we did. How was that? It was cool. They still was like laying out the floor and all <laughs> that. It was still under construction, but you could tell it's going to be great. It's got, they say, like 60 plus, I mean 60,000. Plus seats, so look like it's going to be rocking. We, I mean, from you guys' perspectives, opening up that stadium from an NFL perspective against the the Raiders and two teams who are are really heavily supported over here, and there is a genuine real weight of expectation. First time that the Seahawks have been over, and because the game has grown so much over the ten or so years since we started having proper regular season games out here. The Seahawks have been good in that time, and that helps grow your fan base. So mm-hmm. it's easily, I think, one of the most anticipated games. And, and trust me, I think that stadium is going to be full of 12s, and it's going to oh, be loud. yes. I can I can almost guarantee you that, man. I mean, the 12s, they, they're, they're great. They, they're everywhere we go, so I'm pretty sure they're going to be in there. <laughs> going against a former team of yours as well in the Raiders, again, I mean, you've seen it when you're out here. Yeah. Another team with great support out here. Yes, so. sir. Yeah, they did. Yep. When I was here. The Raider Nation was definitely here. So I look forward to it. Tell me a little bit about playing in Seattle itself, because we're actually, I'm lucky enough that we're going to get out to a game this year. We're coming for Thursday night football against the Packers uh, in uh, kind of mid-November. Uh, yeah, instantly, you look at that on paper and it looks like an absolute classic. But Man. You're going up against Aaron Rodgers, prime yeah. time, that crowd. I mean, it's kind of lifetime hey, What else can you ask for, you know? I mean, playing in Seattle is great. It's definitely a blessing. I love it. I love the city. I love the coaches, the organization, you know. It's just about winning. 
and competing. And that's all what I'm about. On that point, it was a frustrating season in Seattle, obviously. I mean, perennial playoff team under Pete Carroll and mm-hmm. not making it into January or deep into January is, right. is not something that the Seattle fans have been used to in the last kind of seven or right. eight years. Mm-hmm. How's the response been with all I, the change over this, this off-season? I think it's been good. I mean, you know, it, it was tough not making it to the playoffs, but the team we got, you know, they seen what, you know, what we need to do to get there. So I feel like a lot of people just been working hard. It's all season. They took it personal. And everybody, like you said, know that, you know, we're playoff contenders. So we want to get back where we want, where we should be. And I feel like this, this year right here, we're going to be all right. I mean, you're a team who, when you first made the playoffs, when you first got to that Super Bowl in Seattle, there was the whole us versus them thing, you know, the, mm. the true underdogs, like we saw with the Eagles this past year. And now we've got a situation where you've lost so much of that kind of veteran talent over this offseason that people are writing off the Seahawks this yeah, season. Yeah, it's crazy. The Rams, they're talking about Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers. You know, has Pete Carroll already, Coach Carroll already started, you know, getting that chip back on your shoulder? People don't believe in you again. Oh, yeah. You know, we always carry that chip, man, you know. But the doubters, they going to doubt. That's where that's where the ball come in at. That's where the games, that's where all the hard work come in at. And we, we just get to go out there and prove the doubters wrong. And, and everybody who believes in us, let's rock. How's, uh, how's it been working with, with Ken Norton Jr. again? Great. Love him. Love him when he was my coach at Oakland. It's great to have him over here. You know, he's... He's coming back, so I know he's happy to be back. He brings excitement. He brings, you know, his his defensive schemes, and I love it. How's the adoption of that new scheme been going? Because Seattle has had such an identity Mm -hmm. over the past six, seven years, and even carried through through the different coordinates, through Gus Bradley and and all the way through. But you'll have seen it last year when you were there. There was a very – there's a Seahawks way to play that you've seen – the Falcons do, the Jaguars do, the 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 49ers now uh, are looking at the same thing. Mm-hmm. So how has it been having Ken Norton Jr. come in and change things up? Uh I wouldn't necessarily say he changed it because I would say he was a he would he was a part of that the um the movement, like the Super Bowl movement. Like when he left, he took he brought pieces of that to the Raiders. So I say him coming back is just, you know, him reinstalling it. I'm pretty sure um, he learned a lot, you know, over the years. He bringing new stuff in. But I would say the mindset is still the same, you know. Just get out there, football, hard hitting, running, smash my football. <laughs> it, it's it's really hard when you do run through the, the talent loss because, okay, a guy like Sheldon Richardson comes in, amazing player, but Cliff Averill released, Michael Bennett traded, Cam Chancellor looks like he's retired. Not used that word yet, but certainly suggested that. Sherm's down in San Francisco. and, and how, Just tell me what the reasons for optimism should be for Seattle fans when it comes to this, D. Uh, just believe. You know, before those guys have had their name, you, they had to make their name. That's the way I look at it. And uh, I feel like even last year, it was people who was behind those guys that you named and they probably couldn't show their talent because they the other guys was in, but now that they're not, it's just time for guys to step up and the fans they'll 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 get new favorites. They'll get their new their favorite uh, their new Shermans and 
and uh, you know Cam, but it's not about trying to be Cam or Sherman or those guys. It's just about playing football and winning, you know. And I feel like the team we're not trying to live up to those guys' uh, legacy or whatever. Like we could make our own legacy. So that's what I would say. You've, you've still got leaders there at the moment. We saw Earl Thomas on, on Instagram the other day essentially saying, extend me or trade me. You know, there's been lots of rumours with him going back to Dallas, back to his home. But how key is it that they keep Earl Thomas around, not even just from a play perspective, but as a leader of that of that team? He's definitely a leader. I would say he's a leader. But as far as, you know, what they do with him in the future is, Definitely on uh, the coaches and stuff. I have no say so on that, but <laughs> you know, I, I love. You got hope uh, he's still around next for season, sure. Man. That's my guy. He's a brother, you know. Not only a teammate, he's a brother. So I definitely would hope he's around next year. It's that that kind of you said it there. He's a brother in it. I think that's what does set this Seattle team apart. Even it's the reason why people are still thinking you're going to go to the play. Most teams, if they lost five or six starting players off their defense they'd be written off as if they were going to go 2 two and 14 or 3 and 13. And yet people are still talking about Seattle like a playoff team. Now, Russell Wilson obviously has a huge part of that, but actually that kind of camaraderie, the way that you guys are so together seems to play a big part as well. Yeah, I would say that um, uh, when I first got over here uh, to Seattle, I would say that's like one of the first things I realized uh, – coming on the team, just the brotherhood and how close everybody is, you know, it's easy just to come in in the morning and just go to your locker or just go through the routine. But you come in in the morning, you see guys dapping each other up. You know, it's really like people enjoy their brothers. They enjoy coming to work, getting it done. But I say it's definitely different. It brings the team together, man. It's nothing like it. So uh, there are a couple of guys you talked about. They're going to have their new Shermans. They're going to have their new cams. <laughs> one guy who, and we'll talk about you in a moment, but one guy who already is looking like he could be an absolute superstar is Shaquille Griffin. For sure. For sure, yeah. He's a baller. He's a baller since he stepped foot up in Seattle. I mean, I tell him all the time he works hard. And when he gets success, I'm not, I'm not shocked at all. I see him work. I'm working with him. Can you see it when you first saw him out on the training field, when you first saw him coming in as a, as a rookie? What was it just outside of the hard work from a technique perspective, from a learning perspective? What was it you saw from him that kind of set him apart early on? Uh, he was like a like a sponge. He was learning so much. He would, he would ask questions. And then he was one of the younger guys where if the coach corrected him in the meetings, then he wouldn't do it again. Like, he wouldn't make the same mistakes over it. I feel like that's what helped his game. He really learned from his mistakes early and just progressed. And then his twin brother comes in, and that's obviously been a huge story. Baby Shaq. How's, how's it been with Baby Shaq? Baby Shaq. It's been great. You know, hey, I had a feeling that we was going to get him. <laughs> I don't know why I kind of really was hoping we got him, so I was excited when we did, but... It's been good. Just those two on the scene, man. It's like, I'll just look at them and be like, I know they're living a the dream right now. You know, they get to play at the, you know, the highest level with your brother, you know, and they both good players. So. And, and look, it's obviously an amazing story for us, but I think that you can't 
disrespect the fact that you don't get drafted in the in any round in the NFL unless you can play. And this idea that he was drafted because of his brother or because it was good PR or anything else, the guy is... He's a baller. Yeah, 100%. He's a baller. Um, they did the the uh, the rookie minicamp. You know, we uh, the vets, we got off, but I stayed, I stayed around just to check him out, you know, check out the other uh, uh, young guys we had, and I was like, wow. You know, it's just like on film. I just got to see it in person. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see him get out there and just show, it, show everybody what he can do, just hang out, as we call it. You're a guy who's, who's had to prove yourself, coming in undrafted, coming in as someone who had, you know, you went and you, you did the hard yards. You went and did a season in Canada. You went and, you know, you made sure that you always had the opportunity to play and, and prove yourself. And now, it talks about all that talent that's potentially leaving. There is an opportunity there. You contributed on special teams, uh, you know, amazingly last year, but you've got a chance to start this season. How are you feeling about that? Are you ready to grab that opportunity by the horns? Do you think you are... Yeah, do you think you're ready to be a starting cornerback of of the you know the Legion of Boom of this Seahawks defense? <laughs> yes, sir, I do. I feel like that. I feel like that. Uh, last year, you never know. Whenever you, you, your number could be called, so I go into the, uh, every year with the same mindset: just be prepared. You know, even though the the numbers are looking like I could be a starter, but at the end of the day, it's up to the coaches. So my role is. When they put me in, just make plays. Just be ready. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. Is, is there an extra – does it give you – do you think back to the draft and think about the fact that you have – do you think about your journey when you step out there and – Every day. Every day, you know. Every day is, is – I wouldn't necessarily, like, say prove the doubters wrong, but I would just say – just go hard because I always been hungry and I always felt like I was you know, like the underdog or whatever or the underrated or whatever. But it's just, yeah, I think about it every day, believe it or not. There are a couple of guys on that defense who haven't gone anywhere who are uh, <laughs> Shaquille. The, the other reason, I think there's reason for optimism, as uh, two certain linebackers. In, okay, in, there you go. KJ Wright and Bobby Wagner, who... I mean, I I was at um, the, the Super Bowl three years ago when, okay, it didn't go the way Seattle wanted it to go. Right. But when you see those guys on the field lining up opposite someone like Rob Gronkowski and being able to be physical with him, to chase him down, to sideline to sideline move like they're, you know, speedy wide receivers, not right. big old linebackers. Right. Like, what, you know, from you seeing those guys in front of you, what's it like watching them operate? It's great. It's uh, it's inspiring. It's it's everything you want to see from um, from your teammates. They're great. Uh, they're leaders. They get it done on and off the field. They're they're great leaders, like the the leaders that do it by example, not just talk it. Like you said, they're they're both they're ballers. They running with the best, covering the best. Bobby, um. I'm pretty sure he's been up there in the top three tackles, most tackles in the NFL, like, every year. So, it's great playing with those guys, man. Yeah. For sure. 
It's great watching them. Well, I'll say that for nothing. Like, if, if nothing else, we enjoy watching you guys play. And, and I hope for your sake that it is, it is a really positive season and that the doubters can be proved wrong. And I appreciate that. That when you guys come out here and, and play at, at Tottenham in, well, it's only a few months' time now, but mm-hmm. week six, week seven of the season, that you're in a strong position and that all of those 12s that come out can have a great time. Yes, sir. We look forward to it. Can't wait. Beautiful stuff. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Nico Thorpe speaking with us at the NFL UK head offices. I mean, he was pretty confident that they're not going to struggle this season, Seattle, considering all the outgoings that they've had. But considering all the outgoings that they've had that I kind of listed off to him one by one, I'm not feeling anywhere near as confident that he is. The only pieces really left on their defence. I mentioned it to him, those two great linebackers that they've got in there and Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright. If he stays around, if they give him a new contract, then uh, they do still have uh, Earl Thomas in place. But do we think that's going to happen or not? And then up front, I mean, they've got Sheldon Richardson, who we've never seen really do it in the last four or five years. And then we've got Dion Jordan, who's had flashes but never really been there. Like Frank Clark, similarly. They're, they're just... There's in no team who's had a bigger nosedive on that side of the ball than the on, well on any side of the ball I think than the Seahawks in this off season. Do you think that's a real not uh, not a danger for you because you're a 49ers fan, but for Seattle Seahawks fans, do you think there's a real danger that they will prop up the division? I don't think they'll prop up the division because I think they're in a bit of a rebuilding mode, and I think the Cardinals are in the same sort of position, and we'll obviously get to those in the moment but I think that the likelihood is the Cardinals will be propping up the division as they grow and they change and they learn um, when it comes to the Seahawks offensively I'm not that sure about Rashad Penny my problem is is that there's this idea and this is going to come across as absolute 49erism and also Matt Sherry and Simon Clancy are going to re- reject it massively because in their minds Russell Wilson is a top three quarterback in this league People love Russell Wilson because he makes splashy plays and he makes things happen behind a quote-unquote terrible offensive line. Mm -hmm. What they don't talk about is the number of throws he leaves on the field, the number of times he's flushed out of the pocket early because he's seeing ghosts, the number of times... and And the thing is, is we talked about it with members of this offense before, but they have to literally learn two versions of the route tree, one for when they're playing on schedule and one for when Wilson scrambles and they start to do other things with the ball and the offensive line is packed with talent all first and second round guys but you know how hard it is when you're playing with a guy behind you who never stays in the pocket who never steps up who never like I'm not saying that they, they've not been well coached clearly and they have underperformed but I think they that too much is put on the offensive line and not enough is put on this is the play style that they've chosen to go with because Wilson showed us he is a good enough quarterback to play the other style when it came to playing six or seven weeks towards the end of the season two years ago yeah. but then they came back and they tried that from week one of the next year and it looked like they'd been found out and he went back to to schoolyard and I just think He's good enough that he will win them six or seven games off his own back. Probably. Yeah, but that defence looks dreadful. Oh, it's so full of holes. Woody, I'm looking at it. I've got them, uh, and I think I might be being generous, winning four or five games. Wow. I'm not, I, I still think they'll win six or seven games, but that's not see, good enough for a I'm team that's I'm looking at their schedule. I can't see where those six, seven games are going to come from. I haven't looked at their schedule, to be the, fair. They're... Um, they've got to go to places like Denver and Chicago 
they've got to play Oakland in 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 the UK. They've got to go to the Detroit. Um, Those are some up and coming teams. I think the Broncos are going to be terrible this year, but we'll get to that with the, the Panthers. West. And they've got the Vikings coming in, the Chiefs coming in, um, the Chargers, the Rams, the Packers. Twice. They've got the Rams twice. They've got the Cardinals. They've got the Cowboys. I don't. I don't think the Cowboys are going to be any good either. Oh, here we go. Let's not talk about. It. We'll get to the NFC East, but, but that's uh, a big shout. What I'm saying is, I think five wins. I, I think that I'm being generous with five wins. The, 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 the thing that gives me pause is they've got the, all these young players, all these players who've been drafted late coming in, all these guys who are no-name guys coming in and stepping up to to the plate and. Everyone said, oh, you can't do that with a defence. And they did it six or seven years ago and then signed those guys all to big contracts and that's left them in the position they're in now. Can they do it again? Is that all about Pete Carroll and his coaching or have they overstepped? The other thing I hate is Ken Norton Jr. coming back in. So uninspired. Brian Schottenheimer, pretty uninspired as well. Yeah, I don't know. Seahawks might be on the... might be. It might get worse before it gets better, Seahawks fans. And we're not sad about that in any way. <laughs> You're saying that. I'm a little sad about it. Why have you got your fingers crossed? <laughs> I want them to be competitive. No, you don't. It's better when you beat good teams. Okay. I said I think the Arizona Cardinals are going to come last in the division. And look, staying on the offensive side of things, we assume it will be Sam Bradford from week, week one, and I like Sam Bradford, but he is playing behind one of the worst offensive lines in the league, and that is going to prove a problem when you've got as many health problems as you do. Josh Rosen, I think he'll be starting before the year is out, probably be starting before the month of September's out. And well, I like Sam Bradford's not going to fail. He's just not going to make uh, he's not going to make it through. He's made a glass. He's just going to fall apart. Yeah, exactly. Um if David Johnson is good and ready to go, oh god, I hope so. He could have a huge impact on the team, but without him, I think they'll absolutely fall apart. On the, uh, I look through the wide receivers. I'll see Larry Fitzgerald probably his last year. They brought in Christian Kirk to kind of fill in that role, but I, I guess him learning under Larry Fitzgerald is a good thing. Yeah. But how many rookie wide receivers have we seen make an impact from month one? On the other side of things, what I do like this: the defense is switching this year, so um, they're moving under uh, Al Holcomb from a three-four uh, to a four-three, which means Chandler Jones and and Marcus Golden are going to be out there as proper outside linebackers defensive ends Chandler Jones I think has a chance of having an absolutely massive season this year wasn't he the tackle leader last year Uh, yeah he was right up there wasn't he I yeah I just think that there's not I just think they're in proper proper rebuilding mode like I don't know what we can expect from Steve Wilkes when you've lost such a I mean Steve Kime you've then got his whole situation off the field as well that was an insane story how does that affect this team I just it's all it's amazing the NFC West in the space of two years has gone from being so dominant to so average in just a season and a half it's just completely fallen and that's why while you've got the Rams absolutely coming out and striking out as being a great team I still think the 49ers are a year or so away, though. Even though I... Are you tempering your own expectation? <laughs> because I know under that under that hoodie, you're actually wearing your new Garoppolo jersey. <laughs> I don't own one yet. Uh... <laughs> no, that's because you own two, and you're constantly <laughs> wearing them. <laughs> um, but, you know, I had a lovely run towards the end of last season. That, that 6-0 and run, not bad to finish the year off doesn't mean we're going to suddenly go undefeated for an entire season uh, 
First of all, what do you think of what, what do you think of the Cardinals before I get before I start waxing no, I, on the Forty uh, Niners? With it's always difficult with the new head coach losing some of their key defensive backfield players. I think may cost them, and we don't know how good David Johnson's going to be. And all of the right noises have come out of training camp that he looks back to being the the player that he was. But until we see him in on that first game against Washington we just don't know what he's going to be like and I think it all hinges on him um, it's just amazing the Seahawks and Cardinals were so head and shoulders yeah. above everyone in quarterbacking and coaching two years ago and now it's completely flipped to where the Rams and the 49ers just in those departments alone you'd have above obviously that's taking the Russell Wilson factor out of things but mm. because he does do so much for you but the rest of the team is so weak around him. I, I just don't think he can be... Um, Sherry had him down as his possible MVP for the season, for the first uh, uh, magazine of the season. I said, look, Russell, if that team goes to the playoffs with the team they've got, then Russell Wilson could win the MVP because he's going to have to have done it by scoring 40-plus points a game and by, like last season, being like 80-85% of the offence. Yeah. I just can't see that him recreating that. The team around him. I like that. Actually, I lie. I quite like the wide receivers. Yeah, I mean, Doug Baldwin gets better and better. Tyler Lockett, quick, get past guys. Brandon Marshall could help in some of those third and short situations, some of those red zone situations. You know, there's reason to be cheerful. Again, but you've got to keep him interested. It's a guy who, by his own admission, suffers from ADHD as an adult which is rare so this is a guy you've got to keep interested got to keep on on point within the the actual playbook and on the save he's got to get on the same wavelength as Russell Wilson we saw Jimmy Graham not get on the same wavelength as Russell Wilson they've lost Luke Wilson who's gone elsewhere I think it's to the Colts or someone like that but so Russell has lost quite a lot of his his people that he leans on especially in, in it, Luke Wilson Rashad Penny like I said before is the, is the interesting part of that to me because he looks like the worst possible running back for blocking that any that they could have picked up and they desperately need a running back who's going to either pick up blocks just because of his size like Marshall and Lynch did and Eddie Lacy who who he just stood in front and, and uh, two people <laughs> couldn't get past him I don't know I just don't trust it uh, right should we move on who do you want to talk about next we do let's, the... let's talk about your 49ers alright do you want me to start yeah how are you feeling I'm feeling like 7 or 8 wins would still be a good season even with how excited everyone is about the uh, about the Jimmy Garoppolo era because it's still a team who are rebuilding I like what they did on the offensive line, bringing in Weston Richburg. Mike McClinchy felt like a bit of a reach where they took him in the first round, but he fits more with like Richburg with the what Shannon wants to do with the offensive line, pulling mm-hmm. guards, pulling the centre across, like doing being much more movable, being willing to pick up the outside guys when it comes to the rush. So I, I'm more excited about that than I have been for some years. I really like Marquise Goodwin. I think we're going to get to see. I really like Trent Taylor in the slot. Pierre Garçon will hopefully be fit and ready to go this year. And I like George Kittle as well. So all of those areas, great, excited about. So you've left out the running back for the situation at running back for a reason. Now, Carlos Hyde left. Jarrett McKinnon on big money has come big in. Big money. Is this Jarrett McKinnon, he's thinking, is more of a, not of a Dante, Free, uh, Dante Freeman guy, a uh, 
Devonta. Devonta Freeman guy. Sorry. But uh, more of a Tevin Coleman Tevin guy. Coleman-esque guy, but you don't have Devonta Freeman. I think Matt Breda could be brilliant this year. I think down another, the stretch last another year... Another number 22, He guys. was better than Carlos Hyde down the stretch last year. I think Breda and McKinnon could be really, really good. You've got Juszczyk there as well, who at times oh. is a really good pass-catching fullback coming yeah. out of that backfield. And, so. and that's so important to Shanahan's system. You yeah. need a fullback who can come out of the backfield because what it does, and, and the re, one of the reasons Garoppolo was able to really hit the ground running, and people talked about system with him, is that they pull the fullback out of the backfield, occasionally the tight end, and it shows you whether the opposition is in man or zone coverage. Immediately, based on your read and based on your play call, that can cut out half of the field. If you've only got to read half of the field, you've only got to go through mm. two or three reads, it makes your job easier. And Garoppolo's such a quick thinker that all of that, and he's worked so well under Brady, and, and just, there is lots of reasons to be excited. I do think the defensive side of the ball is a work in progress, though. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, we'll get on to the, the, the front four and the, the, the backfield, but the middle of the defensive field... How important was it that Ruben Foster... Um, I, he's going to miss the first game, isn't he, I think. But how important was it that he hasn't been uh, suspended for the entire season? Huge. He's, he is such an important player for what they want to do, uh, playing from that Mike Linebacker position. And he was so good... Sorry, what's a Mike Linebacker? Six to eight of last season. So when you play in a 4-3 system, which is what they will be doing uh, under Robert Salah, it's going to be very similar to the system they play in... Um, that they play in Seattle. He's essentially your middle linebacker. He is your Sean Lee. He is your... So he needs to be able to come up. He needs to be able to make tackles in the box and be a good run defender. But also have that ability to cover sideline to sideline, be able to read the plays. He is... Is he a Keekly? Because they tend to play more. Keekly does do that, though. Yeah, I I mean, I I mean, I'm not saying he's anywhere near that level, but he has the potential to be up there as a you know defensive player of the year candidate because he's he could make a hundred tackles this season. It's ridiculous. Um, I, I think he was massively important. I think from the front. Eric Armstead, DeForest Buckner, Solomon Thomas all had good years last year, which is important. I do worry about that backfield. They really like a killer with a spoon. Second safety isn't a particularly strong position. Sherman just doesn't hasn't had the pace in in preseason. Mm-hmm. Is he going to up it in games? I don't know. Well, yeah, yeah. We could give up a lot in the back end. That's a part. That's a potential problem for me. <laughs> Sorry, just you saying give up a lot in the back end. Was that really? Did that really make you giggle? <laughs> I was just trying to think of how I can uh, make an analogy out of it. I couldn't. You you, you happy now? Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy. <laughs> Let's God. talk about the Rams. <laughs> you're a disgrace. Well, do, so you're saying? I love the saying, Forrest Buckner. I love Solomon yeah. Thomas. I love Ruben Foster. I think it could be one of the best defensive lines in the league if the coaching is right. I just don't like who's the getting end. to the who's getting to the quarterback there. There's no pure pass rusher. That's one thing that is interesting about the system. And they're going to try and push Armstead into that role more. I'm not sure that works, but uh, that is a potential problem. But they could be one of these teams that gets pressure across the four rather than having somebody pure coming off the edge. And you know, if it works and it's coached well, then. It works. Okay. I'm not so sure it will. But there we go. <laughs> so you're thinking, what, 8 and 8? And you'd be happy or...? I'd be happy with 8 and 8, yeah. 100%. Wow. Which just shows you why I'm saying about this division being 
get really taking a step back because we all expect the Rams to get anywhere between 10 and 14 wins this year depending on how hyped you are about the defensive additions how hyped are you about the Rams I mean I love the fact that Todd Gurley got paid he got signed up he was so good last year he is also in the conversation as of the number one fantasy draft pick along with Lev Bell Antonio Brown maybe Saquon Barkley maybe I don't know I'm I, maybe I'm giving away a bit of my who I who I would have draft first here but <laughs> he is his uh, emergence as a pass catching bona fide Lev Bell style West Coast running back last year makes me makes me so excited for what he can do this year add to the fact that the playbook was severely uh, simplified for Jared Goff he's got an extra year under everyone concerned and they've got the big one is Brandon Cooks Brandon Cooks you might think the money was silly but he stretches the field which if you can pull defenders back and you can make safety sit deeper and you can make corners cover then you lose what they can do up front and suddenly all that really exciting tricky stuff that that, uh, Sean McVay loves to play and Shane Waldron in the passing game all becomes more exciting and more important. You then add on to the fact that assuming Aaron Donald gets his deal done, gets back and plays, which I think he will, you've added Indomitian Sue in the middle to, yeah. just to boost that line. You've added Marcus Peters at the back. You've added Aqib Tlaib. You've kept LaMarcus Joyner in the building. You've added a ridiculous amount of talent, but you've added talent like Aqib Tlaib, like Marcus Peters, like Indomitian Sue, who sometimes either on the field or off the field can have their issues and you've got Wade Phillips the best possible defensive coordinator to deal with those players who's played from every who's coached almost every great defensive player in this league over the last 30 years and it was amazing listening to Dominican Sue on the um on the around the NFL podcast talking about talking to Wade Phillips about Reggie White that was really cool yeah i'm excited i'm pumped i'm excited about this rams team i don't think they're I don't think they're going to come back to the pack. I think they're only going to pull away. This could be, in a way, this season's division of disgrace because it could be one team absolute A true division of disgrace like has a team at seven and nine win it or a team at eight and eight win it. But sometimes... Well, that's it, rare, though. Sometimes it's an AFC East. Sometimes it's a one team dominates and no one else gets anywhere near them. And that could happen with the Rams this year. The It could happen. How... Um, how hamstrung do you think they are by playing in the Coliseum, which is not going to be full barely ever? I think that will change this year to an extent. I don't think it'll be full, but I think with how good they were last year, you'll see more. It, it, it's classic Los Angeles. They're now winning, so more people will turn yeah, yeah, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's. I think that will. I don't think that will hamstring them. I. I'm pumped. Really, the offensive line could get old. That's my only small feeling. Mm. If Andrew Whitworth, who has just been an absolute renaissance man doing as well as he's done at his age, then maybe, but I don't believe it. I don't actually believe that. I'm just making excuses for why they might not be as good as You've got Sully in there as well. The only issue, it still really is for me with Jared Goff, I, I still. What's he got to do to prove it to you? He was great last year. I still don't fully trust him. He throws a beautiful, beautiful ball. I still don't fully trust him. I need him to prove to me. It's like the England team in the World Cup. I need him to prove to me to believe in him. And if he does that, I will be fully on the old Jared Goff 
LA Rams train. Choo choo and all that. Choo choo indeed. That was our NFC West preview. In the next show, we're going to do the AFC West and have a couple more interviews from when they were over here. Yeah. We'll hear from Jared Cook, tight end of the Oakland Raiders, Carl Emanuel, linebacker of the uh, of the Los Angeles Chargers. Although we may also hear from Joey Bosa if that gets sorted out, depending on how his foot is. We've got our fingers crossed. Ollie, just very quickly, NFC West, what's your final order? Yeah, it's going to be Seahawks, Cardinals, 49ers, Rams. I'm going Cardinals, Seahawks, 49ers, Rams. Okay. Okay. Um, I've got a final thought. Any final thoughts, Ollie? Yeah, I am just looking at Saquon Barkley doing something amazing in the Browns game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's busted out some sort of 60-yard run. Bit of bit of waiting at the line of scrimmage, finding a gap, busting up the right-hand side. Well, we will talk all about that at a later date. Yeah, what you're going to do, I think it's a new feature that we, we that I'm just laying on you now. You're going to do your favorite game of the preseason each we're week. Do, we're going to do Willie loves the preseason, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Why does Willie love the preseason? <laughs> Amazing. Um, and if you do want to catch, uh, if you do want to catch the Browns hard knocks, it is up on Game Pass now. NFL Game Pass, the ultimate way to watch games, highlights, NFL programs wherever you want. Watch your favorite team live every week or tune into NFL Red Zone. Never miss a touchdown. And if you can't watch it live, you can download highlights directly to your phone or tablet and catch up on the go. Plus, there's all sorts of great NFL programs on the video library. You watch the NFL Network 24 7. Uh, get in on the action. Check out NFLGamePass.com and they're doing a seven day free trial right now. Ooh. Ooh. All right. I may do it. There you go. Make sure you can watch next week's Hard Knocks because it's going to be a banger. We're not. What, we're not going to watch it together. Oh yeah, we'll watch it together. Again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. I don't need to see my wife. Uh, <laughs> Ollie, listeners, thank you very much. This has been the Gridiron Show. In association with Touchdown Trips. Getting you. Yes, you. In that game. Get in that game. Get in it. Game it. Right in. R- in the <laughs> there. <laughs>